0: This is Comics Catch-Up.
1: Where we read comics suggested by you, the listeners of War Rocket Apex that we have this. Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes, I love to write, I love to write on paper, I love to write in notebooks, Matt. What would you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, and I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a like a text file or whatever. Actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right.
0: Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad. You got a Paper Like, and I'm sure it's it feels just right for you.
1: It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And Paper Like feels good on the iPad. Uh, they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, <laughs> that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic.
0: The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose... Any of the definition of your iPad screen, if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper-like, head over to paperlike.com/ajax. Click Buy Paperlike and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their digital pro planner bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com ajax to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comics Catch Up. This is the program. Where this guy, the one talking right now, Matt Wilson, and the other guy, Chris Sims. I'm the other guy. (laughs) Usually I'm the other guy. We read the comics we didn't get to read when they came out, for whatever reason. Because we had to spend a long time talking about bad comics most of the time. And we're going to do something a little unusual on the show this month. Uh, we didn't do a poll this month. We just decided to read something that came up in our Every Story Ever special for last month. Because, Chris, people kept t- keep telling us about this manga, Chainsaw Man. Which, I, I gotta say, like the title. Good title. It does remind me of the Chainsaw Vigilante from The Tick. That's not a bad thing. You know know what it reminds me of? Tell me. Chainsaws. I am an owner of a chainsaw now. Do you own a chainsaw? So I'm a chainsaw man. You are a chainsaw man. I got a chainsaw right after my birthday this year. Because I was just like, I'm going to embrace being this person. The
1: ultimate homeowner. The, The ultimate homeowner. Chainsaw, gas can, lawnmower, ladder. Got a ball. Yeah. You're like Hal Jordan on that one cover. That's what I aspire to be. I actually I thought of you, Matt, the other day, 'cause I was um our garden uh was our backyard was completely overgrown. The people who lived here before us, they uh were clearly planting a garden and it's just like I don't know what these plants are. Like, there's tomatillos back there, but, like, I'm like, I don't know if these are a poisonous variety of tomatillos that's just here for aesthetics. So I spent a good, like, two, three days just ripping shit out of the yard and, like, then cutting everything I could. And uh, AC came out, and I, I remember looking at her, and I was like, I have been waiting to say this. It feels like all my life, but I've never been able to say it and genuinely mean it. I think I need to get a machete. (laughs) And I remember you and me, that was your purchase at the world's largest knife store. I got a machete and a hatchet. Because in full gigolo spirit. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I I still have them both. We actually had an overgrown garden. It wasn't our entire backyard. It was just a box garden. Uh, over on the side of our front yard, it had like sunflowers and stuff in it, but it's also full of weeds. And I ended up just completely covering it with cardboard, so we are exactly the same in that regard.
1: For uh, breakdancing?
0: Uh, yes, I'm going to go out there and uh, and pop and lock. But also so that the stuff in there doesn't grow anymore, because it turned into way more weeds than actual good plants uh, over time and became unsightly. So that's how it goes. But I'm a chainsaw man. People keep telling us to read chainsaw man, but chainsaw man is long. We've been told that the first story quote unquote of chainsaw man is like 89 chapters or something like that. And despite Assurances that it is a quick read That's a lot. That's a lot to do for one comics catch up.
1: Here here's what throws me off of manga. Even manga that I like. It's a commitment. It because does go a good, on. A good manga, like a manga that succeeds, does go on. And even if it is broken into stories, like it's still it's not like there's I mean, I know this is a bad example because there is literally like a different guy doing some stuff now than Akira Toriyama, but like, there's not going to be like, oh, this is the new run on Dragon Ball Z, right? Like it, the new run on Dragon Ball, is pretty much just going to be Akira Toriyama and like maybe some other dude drawn it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny to say because between us, we have read probably fifteen hundred to two thousand issues of Spider Man, and. At least, like probably three thousand issues of Batman comics, like three thousand Batman comics. But like, here's the thing: you can read between one third of an issue and, like, say, twelve issues of Batman and be done. If you, you can want. hop off, you
0: can hop yeah. off.
1: There is a jumping off point. Yeah. And meanwhile, like, I fucking loved One Piece. Uh, what I read of it, and I read a good chunk, and was having a, a a bang-up time with it. But, you know, there's there's literally 100 volumes of One Piece to read. So instead of reading 89 chapters of
0: Chainsaw Man, we decided to read a shorter manga, one-chapter manga, by the creator of Chainsaw Man, Tatsuki Fujimoto, that was released... 2020, 2021, pretty recently. I'll I'll look up and see the actual release date, but it it was released pretty recently and I think it's 200 pages, but but again, manga is deceptively a quick a deceptively quick read a lot of times. Yeah, it can be. So so I would say this
1: I you know, I read this whole story in one sitting basically. <laughs> I read it in one sitting too and it kind of like it kind of demands to be read in one sitting cuz Matt uh I I know that you said who this was by and I missed that cuz I thought it might be by uh Chubby Checker cuz brother it twists again this this thing's this thing's twisting again this has more twists than any single story I have ever read there's like five distinct twists That happen in sequence, and it's not a long story, but it's also, like, it it will give you a twist every time you think you should be done. It
0: actually came out this year. It actually came out in 2022. More recently than I even thought. Alright. Back in the spring, in April. So, very recent let's let's count the twists as we go okay I, I do want to say this before we get into the story of the the book though the story of goodbye airy which is the title of this i feel like this was submitted to us knowing full well we hadn't read it and as maybe sort of an audition for chainsaw man which i think it was a risky move
1: Is this thing uh, uh, reaching over and turning off that electronic chaff? Because it's getting it on the radar. (laughs) The metaphors are tortured, and I apologize. It is...
0: We'll get to, I guess, what we thought of the story as we go, but knowing what people know about what we like and what we're into, and given the subject matter of this book... Which does have many, many twists, but also I think falls more on the side of like black and white indie
1: comics than superhero comics. I guess, you know, this qualifies as a content warning, uh, but this is it's dead mom comics, is what it is.
0: That's exactly what it is. The content warning for uh, life threatening illness. It's cancer in this. Yeah. Uh, f- and for... <laughs> dead mom, but also, like... Basically, every woman that shows up in this dies. Yeah, yeah, well, there's only two. There's only two, and they both do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's... it's
1: Sort of. Maybe. Sort of.
0: Twist. There's, it's twisty, but... I, I don't know that that's immediately uh, a great selling point, but it is uh, it is kind of more indie comics than superhero comics, and as such, it kind of feels like like I said a risk to submit to us, knowing what you know about what we like.
1: Given that, like our kind of benchmark is uh, Marvel Two in One Annual Number Seven.
0: Knowing where where we break Persepolis,
1: yeah, and how a large blue man comes from space and fights a rock monster, but the rock monster is really sad but keeps on fighting.
0: Yeah, I will say I haven't read anything by Tatsuki Fujimoto before
1: this, and the art in this is really good. Oh, yeah, it's great. Oh uh, well, I, that kind of leads me to a question I'd like to ask you, even before we get into you know content or 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 anything. Did you did you enjoy this? I think we'll decide
0: once we finish talking about it. All Cause, right, because uh, my feelings on that are nuanced. I don't know that yours are.
1: Uh no. What do you think my
0: feelings are? I d I didn't know. When I read it, I thought you might hate it.
1: Uh that's not surprising. Because again, it if if I was to just generally put down on the list of things I fuck with and the list of things I don't fuck with, I don't really fuck with Dead Mom comics. Yeah, yeah. You know? Not not my not my thing. But I will, I'll I'll tell you this. Matt, I kinda loved it. And I've okay. been thinking about it since it came out, or, or not since it came out, but like since we read it. And I think I texted you, and I think the only thing I texted you was, there's a lot of comic. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot it's, There's a lot to unpack
0: here. It's dense, for sure. I think I liked it. I, I started out being like, what is this? Well, we'll get to it when we get to the end, because... I think we got to talk about what happens before I can talk about how I feel about it. So, okay. Let's let's quickly run through it. So, the story begins with a birthday party. And oh, one thing we should note about the presentation of this story, it is I would say it's the first ever found footage comic that I've ever read. But the- it's the rare instance of a found footage comic.
1: It is presented, and it does kind of take a minute when the first twist occurs to for you to realize that the entirety of the comic is found footage. And it it's going to, you're going to have to make that realization again three more times. Yeah, it does
0: have some of the downsides. Of found footage movies that I believe are just common to the that type of presentation but we get Yuda the lead character Yuda on his 12th birthday shooting his own birthday party and what we find out in the birthday party is that Yuda's mother who is sick and aware that she's going to die Telling you that she wants him to shoot everything that she does
1: until she dies, so that he can still remember her. That's what she says. She wants him to shoot everything so that he, even after she's dead, he will still be able to like see her move and hear her voice.
0: Yeah, that's the reason we're given at the beginning. And she wants him to make a documentary out of the footage that he takes. Yeah so we see a handful of the footage uh, them eating dinner them going to an aquarium together Uh, they you know she gets worse and worse as it goes
1: dad cries
0: dad cries in private
1: in private and at this point I'm like all right all right cool dead mom comics here we go
0: (laughs) So then the day comes, they go to the hospital, Yuda's distracted, he's filming grasshoppers instead of what he should be. And when they get to the hospital, he actually runs away instead of going inside. And we see there's a splash page of the hospital exploding.
1: Yeah, as he's running away <laughs> from it.
0: And he says goodbye, mom. Where and that's, we see
1: okay, that's number one. That's twist number one. You can you can put in that you can put in that clip of uh, noted racist Hulk Hogan talking about y yet <laughs> strap number one because that number is the twist one. we are currently on.
0: So we see we pull back to see that this has been a screening of yuta's documentary at his school and he has titled it dead explosion mother
1: and that's that's when i like lean forward in my chair and i'm like all right you have you have my attention everyone in the
0: school hates it
1: yeah we get we get uh we we then kind of make the realization that what we are seeing is uh Yuda filming the school festival to get the reaction to his movie, and everybody's like, that sucked. Like the first guy, I I love that the first guy to criticize it is like, uh, I have no idea what the heck we just watched, which is like, of course that's the first thing anyone <laughs> says. Yeah. <laughs> Which it is a pretty standard documentary
0: up until that very last thing, but uh people start laughing the The next act in the talent show uh, makes fun of them. The teacher tells them to stop filming and they have to have a conversation in the uh, in the closet where the teacher's
1: like, "Don't you feel bad for showing that movie? Don't like aren't you ashamed?" Yeah, yeah. Hey, why did why are you making a mockery of your mother's death? Yeah, and and you was like, um, I just, I mean, I thought it would be. <laughs> the teacher literally goes, "Why did you have the explosion at the end?" And Yuda goes, "That was awesome, right?" <laughs> 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 Which kind, kind of dig him.
0: Uh, so there's there's more film of people criticizing the movie, until finally Yuda is shooting himself sitting in like a stairwell of the hospital and he says uh yeah if you see this video i've committed suicide which triggered warning for that
1: too yeah uh so he's he's filming his suicide note and he goes up to the roof then he is stopped by a girl on the roof who says Uh, Hey, if you want to die, don't do it here. Uh, You'll hurt the hospital's reputation. Go die at the hospital near the station. The doctors there are jerks. And also give me the money in your wallet, if you're serious. And that's twist number two. Well, then she says,
0: hey, are you Yuda Ito, who made Dead Explosion Mother? (laughs) And he goes, yeah. And she goes, oh, come with me. And she leads him to... An abandoned building where she has set up a couch. This is airy, by the way. She has set up a couch and a projector, and she has tons of DVDs. And for the next set of months, they go to this room in this abandoned building and just watch movies.
1: I'm pretty and sure that the first one they watch is Fight Club, which is hilarious. I think you're right. It's
0: only shown in kind of like one blurry panel, but it definitely seems to be Fight Club.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which, Aerie is uh, a girl who likes movies. She's a teen who likes movies, like who likes smart movies. And that feels like such a, I'm 14 and I like smart movies movie to show someone.
0: It's also... The perfect movie to put in a your comic full of twists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she explains, well, Yuda is like, why are you why'd you bring me here to show me movies? And she's first she goes through this whole thing about how like uh well, your movie had a lot of problems and there were things wrong with it, but I really liked it. And I but it was frustrating that it ended the way it did. So I want you and me to team up to make a really good movie. Uh so you gotta come up with an idea for a movie. And he says, Okay. And yeah. he starts filming everything, all his interactions with Aerie.
1: Well we get an unsuicide note. That's right. <laughs> which is which is pretty interesting. And then we, you know, we get all the footage of him hanging out with Airy and basically like getting basic screenplay class <laughs> lessons. Oh, for her.
0: The, they keep watching movies, because she says the only way you're gonna be able to come up with an idea for a good movie is to keep watching movies. So you don't do what a movie's already done. And also, you see, like what makes a movie good. So they keep watching movies, and he keeps coming up with ideas. And every time he comes up with an idea, she's like, "No, that's bad." <laughs> She'll be like, "That's boring," or "It's it's not bad, but it's not good," or "You're just off the mark." Like it, her her criticisms get progressively less harsh, but nothing works until finally she says, look, I don't want you to just make up a bunch of stuff. I want to see your story. So that's what I want your next movie to be. I want it to be your story. And so they, that's what ends up. They, you know, you decides to start doing, he's going to like film stuff and basically make like a mockumentary about his life. So there's a scene where his dad being filmed is saying like, oh, you put too much fantasy into what you're doing. And I, why, like, why do you feel like you should keep making movies? Uh, like, why did you let her convince her to make movies? Uh Ari, could you just leave? Please leave. Then Ari goes, cut. And we find out that his dad's been acting through that whole time.
1: That's like a mini twist. It's but mini I think twist, yeah. I think you skipped over the the bigger mini twist is that Yuda tells Ari he's gonna make a movie about a guy whose mom buys him a smartphone and wants him to film her until she dies, and then he couldn't do it, and so he makes a crappy movie, but then he meets a vampire. <laughs>
0: Yes. So it's it's basically the exact story up to this point, except in his movie Aerie's a vampire. And Aerie says, Why a vampire? And he says, Well, it's you know, I just like to add that little twist of the fantastical.
1: He's, he's like like Vince Russo, man, he loves to add a little bit of the fantastique. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the real conversation between his dad and Ari is like really interesting because he's, you know He's like, hey, Aerie, you know, you're great. Thank you for spending so much time with Yuda, But, you know, like, this is a, this is a, like, a lot of work, right? And she's like, yeah, but are, aren't you worried that if Yuda makes a bad movie, uh, it'll get mocked again? And, and he's like, he says, no, creation is all about getting into the audience's problems and making them laugh and cry. Uh, it wouldn't be fair if the creators didn't get hurt, too. And that's like a really, that's an interesting view of art. But interestingly, right after that, he says, did you get that? Or
0: do we need another take? Yeah. So it's unclear whether he means that, or he's still acting.
1: So we get some stuff about, uh, you know, he asks Aerie, uh, like we see them kind of, you know, goofing off with him, asking her about being a vampire. And then we see her in the hospital well, oh,
0: she, she faints. They're at the beach. Yeah. And she faints and falls into the water.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so it turns out that Ari is also dying. And that's why she was at the hospital to begin with and knew that the other hospital's doctors were jerks.
0: Right. Yeah. She asks Yuta to, to do the same thing his mom asked him to do, which is film her up until the moment of her death.
1: Yeah. Uh, then he freaks out, runs away. Then we get, I, I'm i going to say this is twist number three and a half. Okay. So I think the dinner with dad is, is twist number two and a half. So this, okay. is, this is full twist three, which is where we find out that his dad did record his mom dying. And she was like, why isn't Yuta here? And he's like, he doesn't want to watch his mom die. So he, he couldn't make it. And she's like, man, fuck that kid. He's useless. And then we get all of the footage that didn't make it into the original movie of his mom being a jerk and telling him, like, specifically, like, a lot of stuff that made it in. Stop filming that. That's useless. Are you stupid? This You're supposed to be filming me. And we find out she was a TV producer and tried to stage a documentary about her brave battle with, with cancer and got Yuta to film it. And that's why his dad was crying in private, because he knew that she was like being horrible to him. Yeah, and he's, he tells him,
0: when I watched your movie, it wasn't the ending I was shocked by. It was that it made your mom look like a great mom. That's what shocked me. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's twist three point five.
1: So we then go back, he goes back to to uh Ari, and he's, he's like out of the hospital. Yeah, he's like, hey, you got out of the hospital, and he agrees to film her. And we see like, you know, more kind of documentary stuff about Aerie kind of progressively getting worse with her illness. Right. It
0: goes from like them going and having fun, eating dinner, going on, you know, dates and stuff, until finally she's, you know, in a wheelchair and then finally in the hospital bed. And there's this whole conversation where you don't actually see them. The shot is just of an IV. Yeah.
1: It's like seven pages of just this one shot of like an IV bag against a window. Yeah. Uh and she's like, why did you make me a vampire? And, you know, he tells her, uh, you know, well, you know, I like I like the fantastique. Uh but also the first time we met, you dragged me to an abandoned building. Uh, <laughs> and he says, I thought even if she sucks me dry and kills me, it means I become sustenance for someone this beautiful and I'm okay with that. Then twist number four, which is that we pull out and it's the school festival the next year, and they're watching Goodbye Aerie, the movie, and her the last shot is of her dying, saying, uh, "Make him a, make a movie that'll make him ball their eyes out," and everyone starts crying, and he gives the little peace sign that Aerie gives, which is mentioned earlier in the in the the story. As something she does every time the good guys win in a movie? Right. So that's twist number four. Is not fucking over yet.
0: No. The recording continues from the, the school talent show. Yuda's filming a cat, and then another girl at the school, she doesn't die. That's a female character who doesn't die. That's true. But I also don't think she ever gets a name. She asks, like, so... Aerie wasn't like she appeared to be in the movie, was she? Didn't she wear glasses and a dental retainer? And you know, did you just mindlessly obey your girlfriend? And you just says, "Oh, we actually never dated."
1: Yeah, it's like we're not, we're not like I asked her out, but she never really became my girlfriend. Um, we were just a couple in the movie for the storyline. I'm gonna say that's number five.
0: <laughs> yeah, there are like lo- big chunks of this where it's just like like one sh- static shot of an iv or there's like these four pages of just like black panels that that does make this much uh
1: much quicker to read yeah but i do like i do kind of appreciate the way because of the you know kind of found f- you know found footage setup of it it feels authentic to what's happening yeah, it doesn't feel like you know. Like, look, I have written enough pages of of, of people having conversations. I know that's a that's an easy one for writers. I,
0: I th- yeah, I think by virtue of the fact that, as with many manga, uh, Fujimoto being both the writer and the artist of this can kind of get
1: away with that a little easier. I also like how he draws. Like, there's a lot of scene changes. That are like shots of someone, and then the the last panel of the scene will be the same shot, but blurred because he's moving the camera or turning the camera off. I think that's a nice little touch there's a lot of little touches that give this a sort of
0: verisimilitude as far as like this is being shot with a camera or a phone or whatever, yeah. Yeah.
1: so then we get three. Solid pages of just uh like widescreen panels, like four widescreen panels, all black. Like like when Batman opens his eyes and says that's the thing about Batman, Batman thinks of everything. It's like that, but without Batman. Instead, what we get is voiceover. This is kind of number six. <laughs> of it's voiceover y- on the next movie. Yeah. So it's it's Yuda narrating that that was, the, he's like, yeah, and so I filmed, you know, having filmed to death, the thing he couldn't do for his mother, the protagonist get, regains the will to live and the confidence to make movies. That was my character in the movie. In the real world, it didn't work out. And so he talks about how he would just, he had 2,700 hours of footage that he kept recutting and recutting and recutting because he felt like something was missing. And that what we have been seeing is the latest recutting and Yuda is now like an adult. With a wife and a kid,
0: he had a wife and kid.
1: he had a wife and kid, and then we get like a like a straight on shot of Yuda filming himself and you find out that his uh his wife and kid died he was like in a car accident he's the only one who who survived, which I think that that's all twist number six,
0: yes, it's also. Two more female characters dying, not even on screen. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So then, he goes to... He goes back to the abandoned building, and basically what he has been filming now is another suicide note. So he goes back to the abandoned building, uh, to the room with the projector where he and Aerie watched all the movies, and he does like a quick montage of... Uh, his previous uh, suicide note. And then it's, it's, it's a little difficult to tell if this is meant to be a, a shot from the camera or not, because it is, it's a double page spread, but it's the same kind of wide screen panel, right? It's just a bigger one. And it's airy in the room saying, hey, you're a lot older than you were back then.
0: Yeah, this is after he picks up a backpack with a noose inside. Yeah. Because this is his next attempt to kill himself. But and, Ari, Ari is the same age. Yes. He's
1: 30-something. Yeah, he's an adult. Aerie's still a teenager. And this is when it definitely shifts to – there's a slightly different style of art. There's uh like finer lines. There's uh it's it's not all the widescreen panels. Like there's one like full page panel, so so it's not quite the same shape. Uh and again, mostly it's the same for widescreen panels on every page. But this now feels like it's happening. In the real world, in a way that none of the previous pages did, because there's like, a different theory, Chris. Yeah,
0: better. Camera. There's there are shadows. There's like obvious lighting effects going on in here. It feels like a pro- and oh, and the shots are like composed. Yes, right. It feels like a professional film. Yeah. Yeah. But then a video shot on a phone.
1: There's a definite feeling of this being different in some way, shape, or form, which I really like because it's not like it's drawn badly or poorly or like there's a, you know, like the, oh, this film on a phone is like particularly heavy handed in a lot of the shots before, but there's a lot of thicker lines that make it look blurrier if you look at the line work, it's a lot finer and a lot more detailed in this, and I like. I love that shift in art. Like I think that's really cool. Yeah, there's more shading.
0: There's like clear lighting effects. You could read it as this isn't being shot on a camera any on a phone camera anymore, and it's the real world. Or you could read it as this is a film being shot like a film by a professional, right? So but anyway they have this conversation where Ari explains that
1: she is a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Ari goes, "Hey, yeah, uh you're not dreaming, you're not hallucinating. I'm actually a vampire. <laughs> Twist number 7."
0: And Yuda goes, "But I watched you die. I I saw you die." And she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah. My brain died cuz the brain only has limited storage space." So every 200 years, I have to die, but then I come back with all my memories gone three days later. And the previous Ari leaves me a letter telling me how I should live.
1: Yeah. And this time, she had a movie. And because he filmed an idealized version of Ari, Ari is now like, yeah, now I get to be the better version of who I used to be. Because you made a movie about the idealized me, and that's the only thing I have to go on, which is like a pretty great idea. Like that's a pretty great twist. Yeah, it's it's smart.
0: So she says, uh, "Well, if you're not going to sit down and watch the movie with me, could you leave?" I don't like it when people talk during movies.
1: Well, b- before that, we get this. Like, right before that, we get this really, really great uh, double page spread of from the POV of the projector of adult Yuta and Aerie, and then projected on the wall behind them is the movie of them as teenagers, but they're switched. So it's yeah. adult Yuta in front of teen Aerie, and then teen Aerie in front of teen Yuta. And, like, it's a really, it's a really cool shot.
0: Yeah, it's like a shot out of a movie,
1: right? Like, it's, so,
0: Yuta leaves, Aerie says goodbye, and we go back to voiceover, and Yuta says, after that, she and I would never meet again. You see, I'd finally figured it out. The reason I'd recut that movie so that film so many times. And then we get Ari saying, It's missing a pinch of fantasy, don't you think? And there's a panel of Yuda kind of smirking a little bit, and then a two-page spread of him walking out of the building as it explodes. And the explosion is much better this time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a much more high budget explosion. Yeah the explosion in the first movie was like clearly just like little small explosion effects superimposed over the hospital this looks like a, bil- a building actually exploding and uh and that's it that's the story here's what i think of it chris okay i kind of had the same emotional arc that you did where i was like uh, a dead mom comic. I don't know. I don't know that I'm into that. Then it became, it started having twists, and I was like, okay, this is getting interesting. I don't know what's up with the vampire thing, but okay. And I felt like it was getting more and more interesting. Then when it is revealed that Ari is dying, I sort of dipped back down again because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're killing all the women in this comic, I see.
1: It starts out as a dead mom comic, and then it's like, oh, and then it's also a dead friend comic, or dead girlfriend comic, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then more twists, and I find that interesting. I, but maybe the most interesting scene for me in the whole thing is the thing where the dad gets mad at Ari and then it turns out he's acting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good twist. I, I know it's half a twist, but I really like that one.
1: It's it's a good twist, and also like lumped in with him being like, hey. Your mom sucked.
0: Yeah. Like it's also
1: yeah. like a really like that kind of got me more because the 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 perfect, you know, perfect mom uh dying. Uh it's it's you know the the joke of uh who is taking all this footage of uh women smiling and laughing as they run on a beach uh so that action movie heroes have something to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but like I mean, like, actually, your mom sucked real bad. Like, all of the twists about, like,
0: oh, that was a movie, it was a different version of reality than what actual reality was. Every one of those twists is good. And it's, like, a point well made every time. Yeah. You know? Uh, Even though it hammers that a few different times. And then it got to the end, where he's an adult, who's sad and about to kill himself. Like, I was back on the upswing of thinking, like, this is good. By the time he made everybody cry with his second movie, right? Mm -hmm. And then it gets to that part at the end. And now that we've discussed it a little bit, I like it more. I like the sort of gimmick of it, the way that the visuals change and everything. But also, I thought at the time, and I think now the big question for me is what is the point of that like what does that mean you know I like,
1: mean, what like, does it mean that that building blows up well that's that's the thing here's the thing that i genuinely like having thought about it a lot came away from loving about this and nor- normally i i genuinely do not like I mean, I, I, I guess this is a generalization, and there are like very notable exceptions. But I kind of don't like ambiguity
0: <laughs> in yeah.
1: stories, you know. Yeah, like usually, you and I, I'm more okay with it than you are. Generally, yeah. But I like the that this ends with a question of: Is anything that happened after Ari died? Real. Like, is is Aerie actually turning out to be a vampire real? Or is that just him going back and adding the the t- the sprinkle of the fantastic into his story? Is the explosion, which like, by all rights, should not be real, did that motherfucker blow up a building? <laughs> like, did he go in there to hang himself and he was like, also I am gonna blow up this building? Because like that was something that I don't know if I would have considered if he had just like walked out. But when it explodes, and we know that this is a story with a fake explosion in it already, but also a story with multiple fake outs where things that seem to be fake have also turned out to be real, it's it's very much a did any of this happen? And I mean the uh, the the answer, of course, is no. None of it happened. It's a fucking comic. It's not even a movie. <laughs> Well, and here's kind of love that craft, you know. Well, here's here's what gets me, and here's the
0: question that's been rolling over my head since I read it, and I don't know enough about Fujimoto to know what the answer is, because I haven't read a ton of Chainsaw Man. Is the explosion at the end? Is the takeaway supposed to be? The first time he did the explosion, it was bad and hackish. But the second explosion is good because of some process of earning it. Or is the explosion there at the end just as a callback? Like, is it just there as a callback to be kind of clever? I don't know which one is correct. Yeah, If it's just there as a callback to be clever, I don't like it. If there's like a symbolic meaning that I'm not quite grasping, it could be great, but I don't know which one it is.
1: Is it? Is it a a is it is the explosion put there by Yuda or by Tatsuki Fujimoto?
0: That's the question.
1: Yes, Here's the question. And and is it is it meant to be an actual explosion or is it a sign that you know Yuda went in to kill himself and then realized he could choose to live in a world? with a little more like fantastic fantasy, I guess, is it's not fantasticism. It's fucking fantasy is the word, Christopher. Yeah. It's It, it again The Fantastical. The Fantastical, thank you. What if any of this actual actually happened, you know? And I think it's presented with a level of craft. Like again, the way that the The way that the the art has that very subtle shift to what it is like in you know when he goes to to hang himself is that a sign that this is the real world is it a sign that it's a better movie made by a professional is it a sign that it's a a a fantasy that it's like a kind of a higher, Like, more of a movie than what we've been seeing. Because, in theory, the movie that we've been seeing up to this point has been, quote-unquote, real. So... Well,
0: I do think there's one interesting note, right? Yes. The, The first movie, the Dead Explosion Mom movie, the length of that is given at some point. And I think they say it's like fourteen minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's short, right? Mm-hmm. I f- I forget how long they say it is, but it's something like that. And then that is barely like a tenth of the way into the full story. Then Goodbye Ari is longer. The not the f- not the full story, but the the film Goodbye Ari is longer. It might be 45 minutes, an hour, something like that. The whole story is feature length. So it's more than reasonable that this whole thing is one feature length movie. Yeah, And so that's how I tend to read it. I tend to read this as like stories folded into other stories. And the again the explosion I think the point is in my mind that the explosion in the first movie in Dead Explosion Mom is unearned but the explosion the second time at the very end is earned because of that sprinkle of the fantastical or because he doesn't need Airy anymore because now he's finally self-actualized, or whatever it is. But there's not quite enough given to me for me to know for sure what that last explosion is trying to say.
1: Yeah, and I I know that you said, like, if it's one thing, you you know, if it's one thing, it's good, if it's one thing, it's bad. But I kind of feel like all of the outcomes of all the ambiguity are good. Like, if he if he really did blow up a building with a 1,200-year-old vampire teenager in it, that's good, <laughs> I think. Like, I think that's an interesting story because, you know, I, I think it's interesting. He wanted his death to be big and cinematic, and then instead he's like, you know, he is emerging triumphant because he encountered that that knowledge of like the people that are gone aren't really gone. And so like he gets to do a cool guy, walk away from an explosion. I don't think that's what happens. I don't, I don't think we are meant to to think that this is the, the top layer of the onion, right? And this is the real world. And he blew up this building. I think it's equally good. If that explosion is there as a sign to be like, no, this is fantasy. And and Ares not a vampire, but he still came to that realization. Well,
0: like, I think if you really want to dig into it, I think what it's probably saying, or one way you can read it, is that he doesn't have anybody telling him what stories to tell anymore. He can finally tell
1: his own. Yeah, I also and think it's good. If, good. I, I do like that. I also think it's good if it's just that, like, yeah, this guy thought explosions were cool. Like, we're a cool <laughs> yeah. end things, and so his story's ending with this, because he still thinks that's cool. I, th- yeah, it, I think all of that's really good, honestly.
0: All right, Chris, let's rank Goodbye Aerie. The more we talk about it, the more I like it.
1: Yeah, man, like, it, it took me, like I said, I didn't text you, hey, I really loved that comic, or or that was really good. I texted you, that's a lot. And it is. It, it's fucking it's, eight layers deep, you know? You, you gotta chew on it for a while. Yeah.
0: Like, there are parts of it that are good from the beginning. The presentation is good. The art is good. The way that it convinces you
1: that it's being shot on camera phones for a lot of it is good. The way that it represents one, that distinctly and convincingly represents one medium in another medium. Here's the thing, folks. It's not that I. And, and honestly, to a lesser extent, I think you probably have the reputation as being the more high-minded of us. <laughs> uh, but, like, it's not that I don't like complicated stories. I don't like stories that are needlessly complicated. I don't like stories that, that are, you know, that are bullshit. And this story, the complexity is the point, and the complexity is the craft. And the craft is kind of exquisite. Like, I I don't know anything about Chainsaw Man, literally at all. But I know that this is evidence that Tatsuki Fujimoto understands comics and understands how you can tell a story through craft. And I think that is valuable. The yeah, reason I... that Watchmen is still so high on the Every Story Ever list, even though, like... I, I think in a lot of respects the bloom is off the rose with that particular work. Uh is that, like it or not, when you get right down to it, there is a level of craft to that comic that is certainly at the time unparalleled.
0: Yeah, and and the craft is definitely on display here. The the shift in style is really noticeable. And ambiguous in a cool way. I think you could absolutely read it as, this is the real world now. Or you could definitely read it the way I kind of did, which is, this is a professional feature film.
1: Yeah. And either one is now. Or even, this is a smartphone 15 years later than the previous smartphone that he was using yeah I,
0: d- I think it's even more than that though, based on the lighting and the shading and stuff. I do too but uh, yeah.
1: but I, I think the 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 way that it makes you question is this sh- is this the real world or is this just shot in HD I think is very I think it's intentional I don't think you you accidentally choose to draw a finer line and more crisp backgrounds. You know? Yeah. Yeah. In order to tell your story. I think that's a, a very intentional choice. I think it's really good, man. I think it's a really good, really well crafted comic. I mean, yes, it is about a series of women dying.
0: I think that's the big knock on it, right? Yeah. Like, I could imagine a reader starting this, seeing that it's a dead mom comic, and immediately bouncing off of it.
1: Yeah. But I also think it's worth noting that none of the well, I'm not going to say none. The best friend, like Arie's friend that we get like a page of and then the unseen wife and daughter are are you know, like we don't even see the wife and daughter. Yeah. But neither Yuda's mom nor Arie are one-dimensional they are complicated characters and the reveal of their complexities and their motivations is done really well in a way that makes them like much more full characters than you expect for the first let's say 3 twists of this comic
0: well there's a commentary going on right it's uh, there's a commentary about the way women are presented in movies and media. Yeah. And twice this story does a twist where it's like, oh, they weren't actually like that. Yeah. They weren't actually like what you saw in the movie, which I do think is very good. Like I think that is a great, well observed point.
1: And it's not even the 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 reveal that his mom is like cruel it's a good reveal and it's a well-done reveal. The reveal that Ari was like a little bit vain and like didn't want to be shot without her glasses on, which casts like everything that we have seen up to now in like how much of this is staged and how much of this is a recreation of a thing that actually happened. Like, she's not wearing her glasses when they meet on the roof. She's not wearing her glasses in the scene where she first takes them to the abandoned uh uh room to watch DVDs. So are those are those recreations or not?
0: It well, they have to be. Like, like I think it makes it abundantly clear that they met somewhere other than on that hospital
1: roof. Yeah, yeah. So, are you know, it, it's it's it adds to her complexity as a character. Of like, she wanted to be seen as the idealized version of herself, and then when she comes back as a fucking vampire. And it's like, oh no, she didn't just want to be on film as the idealized version of herself, like Yuta's mom. She wanted to create a better version of herself that she could be. Which then, like, how much of that is what happened in the story? Because Aries of vampire, and how much of that is Yuta wanting to give his mom a reason for being so horrible? Like, there's a lot of layers and a lot of complexity, and it's really fucking good. And the it, it's a comic that is so much more rewarding the more you chew on it and the more you think about it and the more you try and tease out what the layers actually are. So, how high does this get? I I do think this is a comic I can be like, yeah, everybody should probably read this. This comic will tell you something about comics. With a handful of trigger warnings. Yeah. Everybody should probably read this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really good this is the, it feels like uh, a lot of times listeners recommend comics to us, Matt and it goes sour on us and them Yeah, yeah. we got a lot of people who are like, wait a second I like Excalibur, oh no <laughs> yeah And but now it's like, no 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 this one's probably this one's probably better than you think if you sent this in
0: so does it, okay I'm gonna start here. Is it in the top one fifty? Currently at number one hundred and fifty is From Hell, which also has a lot of dead women in it.
1: A lot of like a lot of dead women for that are a lot less characters. True. Yeah. I I don't know, but I will say that like what it immediately reminds me of is what we have at 157, which is Paradox Girl. Which okay. is another like, you know, super like underrated and kind of little known comic that blew me away with like how smart it was. Okay. So I, I can maybe, see that. Like, I don't know if it's better than From Hell. I don't know if it's better than V for Vendetta. I don't know if it's it's better than than the Great Darkness saga or even the Ishinomori Legend of Zelda comics, which I mean those are just comics that kick ass. But I think it I kind of think it's in the neighborhood of stuff like the question and uh the Gwenpool story that we have here. Uh I would be comfortable putting it in this neighborhood.
0: Okay. Then let's then let's do it. I I mean the,
1: the question is is it better or worse than Paradox Girl? That's the question. I don't Paradox Girl did a thing did things I'd never seen in comics before. This doesn't really do anything I've never seen in comics before. It just does the recreation of film very, very well.
0: Alright, then this is what I would say. I think we'll put it below Paradox Girl and above Super Mario Adventures. Because we did have Legend of Zelda by Ishinomori and the Super Mario Adventures comic back-to-back. We put Paradox Girl in between them. But I think that Legend of Zelda comic is actually a masterpiece. And I think Super Mario Adventures is just very good and very fun. I
1: I think uh I think you're right. I think like I think about that Zelda comic all the fucking time.
0: Yeah, so goodbye Airy enters the list at number 158.
1: That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, that, that's the highest one we've had in a while. Yeah.
0: Here's the question, Chris. Here's here's the follow-up. And we'll have to determine this. Does this mean we have to read Chainsaw Man?
1: I, mean, I kind of think it does. <laughs> here's what I want to know. Here's my two questions. A, is Chainsaw Man as good as this? And B, is Chainsaw Man tonally similar to this? And I want those answers to be yes and no, respectively. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would like something tonally similar to this. uh, As much as I would like something that was completely different, but done with this level of craft. And
0: given that the book is called Chainsaw Man, I think that's probably true. But if we're going to do Chainsaw Man, we're going to have to... Like, basically, I think... I'm gonna have to like buy and download a bunch of Chainsaw Man and then take it with me on my big vacation to Italy and read it on the plane.
1: So I, I may uh, plan to do. That. I, I you know I broke my iPad, which is what I used to read a lot of comics and manga. Uh, and it, I've been like thinking about getting a, a new one lately, and I feel like. In the word, in the words of of the great philosopher Triple H, I just found my reason. <laughs> All
0: right, well, I it seems that you've convinced us, folks, to watch uh, or to read uh, Chainsaw Man. So, good job, good job, you did it. If you would like to send us a suggestion. For Comics Catch-Up, you can email us at warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us on Tumblr, .tumblr warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on Twitter at warrocketpod. We have a Discord, which you have to be invited to join. So if you would like an invitation, uh, hit us up in one of the places I just said for that invite. This show is made possible by our listeners' support on Patreon. If you want to support us and help us out, you can head over to patreon.com slash Ajax and pay as little as $1 a month to get all of these shows that we do ad-free. Then at other levels, you get other cool stuff like bonus audio and line-stepping privileges and physical rewards. If you want to find me and my stuff, I'm at mattdwilson.net. Chris, where can people find you?
1: Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. It is my website and has links to everything that I do uh, around the web. i start throwing in some Matt Berry. <laughs> it's my homepage. We'll be back
0: next month. I guess we'll read something spooky in October. And uh, you can let us know what you would like for us to read. Until then, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion of
1: Goodbye, Aerie. Yeah, good catching up, everybody.